0: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to a Wednesday episode of Dropping the Gloves. Tim, it's a fantasy special episode. Isn't that exciting?
1: I had more fun preparing for this than I usually do.
0: Really? It was interesting because there's so many ways. Well, we'll get into the players later, but there's so many good players. And you try to find sleepers, you try to find good draft value, and then you're going to the list. And boy, oh boy, the NHL's got a got a lot of good players. So it, it was uh, kind of... It was interesting to see where guys fall in the average draft position because when I played, didn't do fantasy hockey. I never really did until last year when we had that league with some of our fans, and it was a lot of fun. You got to see where guys were getting drafted and uh, you know what, what you get points for, what you don't get points for. But it, it was great because I was using fan tracks, and it, they make it so easy to look at the players. Find out what they're good at, wh- wh- what your scoring system is, and they just make it super easy. That's why we paired up with Fantrax, and it, and it's just a great pairing because I am like hooked on fantasy football. I played it my whole life. Now I'm going to be hooked on fantasy hockey, and Fantrax just it, it makes it so easy to use. I, I've been on ESPN, I've been on Yahoo, I've been on a couple other sites, and Fantrax outdoes them all. So we paired up with them. So if you're not a part of the Fantrax club, you got to go there. Fantrax.com forward slash DTG. It's just the best thing you'll ever use. And and I know if you've been listening to this podcast, I've been beating this to death. But I I mean, I use them. Tim uses them. I've told all my buddies. I've moved all my leagues over to Fantrax. And everybody's been really, really happy. So take it from me. Go to Fantrax.com forward slash DTG. You'll enjoy the crossover. They'll take all your league info from your other league, the players, the teams, the the fantasy, the the dynasty, everything you want to bring over. They'll bring it over nice and seamless. And on top of that, if you join using our promo code DTG, you get a chance to win a jersey signed by Nathan McKinnon, an all-official whatever, all the bells and whistles. It's like they took it from Nathan McKinnon's locker. He signed it, and you could win it if you sign up with Fantrax.com forward slash DTG. (laughs) All right, Tim. It is the fantasy show. It is the whole shebang. The league's around the corner. The preseason has begun. We're getting a glimpse of lineups. We're getting a glimpse of who's going to play with who. What do you think we're going to go over the fantasy? Not, not necessarily sleepers, not necessarily knock it out of the park, but we're going to you know, list off guys who we think add value to your fantasy team. Obviously, Connor McDavid, he's getting drafted first overall and dry and and Panera and then all these other guys. Those are the no-brainers. Those guys are your lock them in. They're going to get you two or three points per game. It's a no-brainer. We're going to go for the guys who maybe people aren't valuing as much. Maybe they're they're kind of slipping down the draft rankings where you can get some value. You can pick a guy up in the 12th round where maybe at the end of the season, oh boy, he was actually a third rounder in disguise. So we're just going to go. I haven't seen Tim's list. Tim hasn't seen my list, so we might have some duplicates. We'll see. But we'll just go down the list. We'll we'll probably do six, seven, eight, nine guys. And we'll just give you guys some insight. Tim's a fantasy expert. He's been doing fantasy hockey forever. And I am batting 1,000 in my fantasy leagues. I played last year with a bunch of pros who were my listeners, and I just mopped the floor with them. I literally ran the table. I was in first place the whole season. And then we go into playoffs, and it's like everybody just went on vacation, and I just ran through the playoffs. It wasn't even fun for me. Like it it was embarrassing. It wasn't embarrassing. It was a lot of fun, but I I did very well. I did very, very well. And I'm the most humblest guy I know, and I did very well. So, Tim, why don't you kick it off with who do you got? Who's a guy that maybe people aren't valuing as high as they probably should?
1: That's a good way of putting it because, like, it's not necessarily breakouts or sleepers. You can go find those articles, Fantrax has a bunch of them on their website, but it's more just guys that I'm targeting in my drafts this year, guys that I think that are undervalued, that I'll be kind of going after across all my different leagues. I've got a few all on fan tracks. Of course we got our league, but I got a league with some buddies back home um, that's, that goes back like eight, nine years, something like that. We keep a few guys every year. And I don't think they listen to these episodes. I hope they don't cause I'm kind of giving away my secret sauce cause our draft is until next week. Um, but yeah, I'm going to kind of go down the list of guys that I'm targeting and they're primarily guys you can get later in the draft kind of the 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 later picks that probably provide better value um but the first one is a guy that's relatively high although I still think he's undervalued. that's Johnny Gaudreau his average draft pick is 51 so he's kind of a beginning of the sixth round-ish um the fifth sixth turn I like him a lot he's entering a contract season so using a word that John loves I think he's going to be hungry this year I think he's going to find the puck Uh, And find the back of the net. He's been actually one of the most consistent point producers in the league. I was looking at his stats. I kind of got called out on Twitter because I called him overrated. And someone tweeted at me saying that he's like just a couple of games shy of 500 career games. But once he reaches that mark and you compare him to all other active NHL players that have played 500 games or more, I think he's like number 11 in points per game. Like he's so, so consistent. even though there's been lots of turnover in that franchise his, his line mates have changed. His role has changed. He puts up the numbers. Um, he's eligible for both left wing, left wing and right wing. I think he really should be drafted much earlier than 51st. Cause he can be your legit number one winger. If you go with like a Matthews or McDavid and maybe a goalie with your first couple of picks or maybe a defenseman, but he's being drafted like a second winger he's being drafted. Like there's, there's a dozen or, maybe 15 wingers ahead of him. And I would take him over guys like Mark Stone, Kyle Connor, Gabriel Landeskog, who are going ahead of him. I would wait, let those guys go, build up your other position, and grab Johnny Gaudreau in like the fourth round, or maybe even the third, as opposed to the fifth or sixth where he's going. So that's the first guy. And I'm going to kind of start going backwards through the draft by ADP, average draft position. Next is Linus Omar, kind of maybe a little bit of a homer pick. Obviously, he's on the Bruins now. He's going 91st overall. He was good. He was pretty solid on a bad team last year, on the worst team, obviously. I expect him to get most starts on a still elite Bruins team. This game, this team's going to win a lot of games. He's not going to, you know, log two Garask numbers. He's probably going to play, like, anywhere from 45 to 55 games, I would guess. Um, there's still some risk there because you don't know how he's going to handle the workload. You don't know how he's kind of adjusted these new pressure, the new expectations. He's got Jeremy Swamin breathing down his neck, who's super talented, and probably the franchise – goaltender of the future. Um, but I think you can hold him off. I think he's got the talent. The pedigree is there. And he's going as a 20th goalie off the board. So the upside is there for you to kind of get that ROI and that draft pick. Um I think he could be legit low end number one in a fantasy league and he's being drafted as a as a low end number two. So I would take him ahead of guys like uh, Ilya Samsonov, Grubauer, and Mrazic. Going right down the list.
0: Oh, John. All right, let me get in here, Tim. Because yeah. I got one that maybe it's a it's a, it's a first round average draft pick. It depends on how deep your league is. This guy's going late first round, early second round typically. I don't have his average draft position on me. I, I don't have access to Yahoo, which Tim, I think we're we're using their average draft position. But it, it's Patrick King. And he's a guy over the la he's a very boring pick. He's he's you know, he's ho hum. He's not that exciting anymore. But he, he has quietly gone about, and he's finished up as a top-five scorer for the last six seasons. And for whatever reason, whenever the draft day comes around, people get all excited, and they get all, oh, we got to well, Obviously, McDavid and Dreid Seidel are one and two, and then we're going to bump for a goalie and Vasilevsky. Then they get just excited, and they go, oh, Austin Matthews scores a lot of goals. And McKinnon's he's a solid player. And then, oh, Bo Vetchkin, he's always up there. I don't know why people dog Patrick Kane. You can plug him in for a point-per-game guy. He's on the first power play unit. He gets all the prime minutes. He starts all of his face-offs in the offensive zone. He's finally getting some secondary scoring now in Chicago with uh, with Kubluk's coming around. They got Kirby Doc coming back. If Jonathan Taves rounds into form, he's going to have some secondary scoring, so teams can't just game plan for a Patrick Kane. They got Dabrinka. He's riding shotgun. Like I, I don't know why he gets dogged so much, but if you have that 6th, 7th pick – I'm taking Patrick Kane all day. And if he drops to you in this early, the second round, you're basically getting a top five score for a second round value. So I like this pick. I know he's old. I know he doesn't, you know, get the accolades as he once did when he was doing spinoramas and all backhand sauces across the ice and shooting the guns and all winning the Stanley cups. But boy, oh boy, when you look at points per game, the history of producing, the last five years. I know he's older, but the guy still produces like he's in his early, you know mid-20s. He still puts up massive amount of points, and it doesn't matter who his linemates are. He's gone from playing with Panarin to playing with the and he hasn't missed a beat. Like He just puts up points. You can lock him in, like I said, for 30 power play points, 82 to 100 points a year. And what more do you want from a first or second round pick? You want a guy who's going to go out there and Consistently give you points. He's going to get you power play points. He's not going to cost you much, and I just think he's a no brainer when you when you lock him in in the early second round. If you got a twelve team league or a ten team league, that's a, it's a great great draft pick for an early second round. Tim, I, I, I know it's a little high. I was also thinking that about Panarin too. If I'm if I'm dra- drafting, Panarin's my number two pick potentially, but people forget about him. They, they're taking like I said, McKinnon and Matthews, Vasilevsky and dry and McDavid. It's like over the last few seasons, Panarin's the third highest scoring forward behind McDavid and Dreinsaitl. So I don't know why Matthews is going ahead of him. I don't know why McKinnon's going ahead of him. It doesn't make sense to me, but Panarin and Kane, I think if I, if I have the fifth overall pick and I'm coming out of that draft with Panarin and then I'm picking Kane in the second round, I, I'm laughing all the way to the championship parade. Those two guys are going to be studs this year. Panarin's coming back. Kane's going to have a strong year. It's just going to, I don't know. Those are my first two picks, Tim. Panarin and Kane. I know they're a little higher up on the board, and they're not really sleepers. They're not really guys who, but there's value there. I honestly do. If you can get Panarin with the seventh or eighth pick, that's a very good value for Panarin.
1: I totally agree and I think you also have to take like position depth like centers obviously the the deepest position in fantasy hockey so like there's an argument to be made like I'd rather have those guys and wait on the center than draft the Nathan McKinnon and have to draft the wing might not be a solid the only knock on Kane is that he only scored 15 goals last year so that's you know doing a little bit of digging even in a shortened season that's not really proportionate to what he usually produces so you kind of have to wonder if that's going to continue if that was just a little dip and he climbs back up but I totally agree that he's probably underrated in fantasy circles um, all right. Next is Vladimir Tarasenko going 115th overall. Let me list off the goals totals in the five years before we got hurt. 33, 33, 39, 40, 37. He's healthier. He's stronger from recovering from those injuries. He's also happier. There's this picture where it shows his team photo from this year to last year. It's like two different people. You could just see the injuries was wearing on him. And, and he's just like, looks like he's, he looks younger. He looks happier. And, and those things matter. Could he's you tell
0: of, if he was hungry? He was starving, John. He's so okay. Starving. That's important. Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Good.
1: Yeah. He's very hungry. He's being drafted as the thirty-first winger off the board, so he's not even being drafted as a starter in some leagues, which I think is absolutely bonkers. I would definitely take him over guys that are being drafted ahead of him, including Burakovsky, Joe Pavelski, David Perron. Like that's his floor. Those guys. That's his floor. As long as he's healthy, that's like his minimum. But he's not being drafted at his floor. At his minimum. He's not being drafted for what he can do. So I I would take Tarasenko easily over those guys. I'd be more than happy with him in my one or two starting right winger. And I think he's being super undervalued this year.
0: I think he's going to have a great year as well. He's been battling injuries. He said in his press conference, he's happy to be back. Obviously he had some issues with managing where where he wanted to be traded. He asked the GM for a trade, but like, like the Jack Eichel situation, you know, he's Vladimir Tarasenko. He holds some value. Maybe he didn't ask the GM to be traded, but I know they were shopping. I can't remember the situation. Though. I don't want to speak did, out of yeah. turn. Yeah, but um, he's a great player. If he's back, St. Louis has some you know players to put around him. He's a very dangerous player. I like that pick. I I, I agree with Vladimir Tarasenko. All right, I have a player. You know, we're going off track a little bit. I, I'm going for a backup goaltender who's who's as a really low average draft value. It's Swayman from Boston. You mentioned Linus Allmark. He's going to get you know the the. First crack at being the first goaltender, but Swayman, they're going to be battling for, I think, that starting goaltender position. He came in last year when Rask got hurt. He held down the Ford. He played really well. And I think Sweeney is going to give these two guys a healthy competition to see who comes out as one and one A in this Boston crease. And if you're a goaltender and you play for the Boston Bruins, you have a chance to win every game. You know they're going to be sound defensively because. That's how they are. Even if their defensemen are not that you know, great up to par, their system is there. Their forwards are so responsible. You got Bergeron, you got Marchand. They, they kind of steer the ship for these guys, and everybody wants to be like them. And those two are two of the most responsible forwards in the whole NHL. So I like Swayman. He's being drafted in the 12th round. If he puts up 30 games played, that's a win. You you got to win right there if you get Swayman for 30 games and you get him in the 12th round. Because you know of those 30 games, he's going to probably get 20, 22, 23 wins. That's a pretty good return for a guy you're getting in the 12th round. And potentially he outplays Olmark and you're seeing him play 40 games, 50 games. So the upside is huge for Swayman. The downside, it's not really that downside. Like he's got a high ceiling and a very high floor. As I like to say. So I like Swayman. Pick him up in the twelfth round and you'll just be so so happy that you did. Cause he's gonna get you 2025 20, wins and he's gonna play great. He's gonna give up one or two goals a game, throw in a couple shutouts. And potentially, like I said, if he becomes a starter for Boston, what more do you want? The Bruins goaltender is always gonna be good. They're gonna give you shutouts, they're gonna give you points, it's gonna be fantastic. So what's his first name? John Jeremy. Jeremy. Jeremy Swayman. I like him. He's my pick, Tim.
1: I like that pick. Um, all right, I gotta correct you too. I'm not on Yahoo, I'm on uh, Fantrax's ADP. Those, those are our guys.
0: My bad. Yeah, I should have. Um,
1: <laughs> all right, next one is Thomas Shabbat, who's going 120th overall. I didn't realize this. Did you know, John? He had 14 goals, 55 points, and only 70 games played two years ago. I did. Yeah, because you just know everything. But, yeah, he's getting overlooked. You're talking about the best young defensemen in the league. You're talking about the McCars, the Hughes, the and McAvoys, all those guys. And Shabbat's probably in that group, but he kind of gets overlooked. But he's just as exciting and just as talented as pretty much any of those guys. And he's being drafted much later. His upside is there. I think he has a 40-point floor. Um, I would take him for sure. I mean, the plus-minus is going to be – you just don't know what it's going to be in Ottawa – and obviously, this depends on them signing. They're arguably their best forward in Brady Kachuk. But as they sign him, I would take him ahead of like guys like Ryan Ellis. I would take him ahead of Guy. I would take him ahead of Neil Pionk. And I would just take Th- Thomas Shabbat. It's probably like he's being taken as like a third, fourth defenseman. I'd be happy if he's, if he's my second, depending on how the rest of the crew lines out. So I think he's that good. Um, and he's being drafted 120th, like I said. So wait on him. And you should be circled in all your draft boards.
0: Now, let, me, let me piggyback off of that. So you got Shabbat. What if I could tell you that you could draft a defenseman who would be quarterbacking the second best power play in the NHL, a a, a team who is very young, exciting, they lost their best defenseman, they lost all the defensemen who arguably gets all their power play points, he would be on the first line, offensive zone face offs. Where would you think you would draft a guy who two years ago was fourth in points among defensemen? He was ninth in points on the power play. Where do you think a guy like that should be drafted? Probably, what round do you think he should go in?
1: I would put him in like the fourth,
0: fifth round, something like that. Oh, okay. So so not in the 10th or 11th round. Tony D'Angelo. D'Angelo. <laughs> Whatever. Tony D'Angelo. <laughs> The high is so bad with names, man. It's unbelievable. <laughs> it just, I don't know how to say names. So, Anthony, he's being drafted, average draft position, well after Shabbat. I think he's going around 145 to 150 range in the average draft. And it's because of all the news he got last year with the Rangers. Obviously, he, he said some stuff politically, New York especially didn't jive with what he was saying. He was spewing all kinds of random stuff and he just fell out of favor in the locker room. They said, guess what? We're, we're going to kick you to the curb. You're going to go play in Hartford. Oh, you don't want to go there. Okay. We're going to just suspend you. And he didn't pay their play the rest of the season. Well, you know, as the world turns, the calendar turned, he's now in Carolina Carolina has lost Dougie Hamilton. They had the second best power play in the NHL last year, second only at ed- to Edmonton and they need someone to run that power play. Enter Tony D'Angelo. The guy's going to step right into a golden opportunity. He's going to have all the minutes available to him. He's going to run the power play, like I said, five times already. He's going to be on a team that likes to run and gun. They have so many young, exciting forwards. They just pick up Sebastian Ajo. They got all those other guys in Carolina who can just run and gun and run up the score. I think he's going to have a very, very, very good year. And he's getting drafted after, like you said, the, guy, the same people as Shabbat, but he's even going further down the list. He's being drafted around the same time as like Ryan Ellis and Darnell Nurse. And those guys are good, don't get me wrong. Those two are defensive specialists. Anthony D'Angelo is an offensive juggernaut. He was fourth in points among D-men two years ago. And now he's being kicked to the curb and being drafted with Jeff Petrie for Pete's sake. Like the guy's gonna be your 1A defenseman for points, and he's gonna piggyback on Dougie Hamilton's kind of success that he had there in Carolina. So go get D'Angelo. He he is he will be your plug and play first defenseman on your team, and you gotta you get to get him in the 10th round. So it's gonna be a no brainer for you guys. Tony D'Angelo.
1: Nailed it. Said it right. I know. All right. Uh my next guy is someone I can't understand why he's going so low. Zach Hyman being drafted 128. He's already a sixty point player the last few years playing with Matthews and Marner some combination of those top lines. Now he's obviously getting a slotted in next to mcdavid and Is it that much of a difference playing with McDavid versus playing with Matthews? Actually, I would say yeah i mean, I think it's just the point potential is just like exponential with this guy, so you got like the sixty point floor with good peripheral stats. you won't hurt you a plus minus he'll so put up some solid power play points, all that stuff. Eligible both left wing and right wing. I would absolutely target him in all my leagues. It can it can only like the potential is just is just huge for him. Um I would take him ahead of a Philippe Forsberg or Burkrowski or a Brian Rust easily. Zach Hyman taking one twenty-eight. He's targeted everywhere for me. Everywhere? Everywhere.
0: Well, all right. Well I'm gonna I'm gonna pivot to a rookie. You know, he's eligible for the Calder trophy. We got a glimpse of him last year in the playoffs where there was a really, really high anticipation for this player. You know, he came to a team that was maybe a bubble playoff team, and he just joined them, and they shot like a cannon right into the Stanley Cup finals. And he was the guy that everybody kind of just was like, whoa, this guy, he's he's the real deal. Cole Cauliflower, I think, is going to have an unbelievable season. He he obviously made his mark last year in the playoffs. We saw what he can do. He throws everything at the net. If he gets the puck, there's a 1,000% chance he's shooting it on goal. And if you're looking for points and production, you want guys to throw the puck on the net. In some leagues, you get points for just shots on goal. And Cole Caulfield will put up 200 to 300 shots this year just on his backhand. Just on his backhand. So he's going average draft position around the 100 to 110 mark, which is, you know, high for a rookie, but we already have some stuff on paper about Cole Caulfield. Last year in the playoffs, he played 20 games, four goals, eight assists. And when you're stepping into that situation as a young kid coming out of Wisconsin with such high expectations for you to even produce that amount of points is pretty impressive. Give him an off season, and give him some time in training camp to gel with his line mates, who, by the way, are Tyler Toffoli and Nick Suzuki, who just happen to be really, really, really good. Nick Suzuki is a guy who's going to take the next step. He will be an elite centerman in this league this year. That is going to be a very dynamic line for Montreal. And if you've got Cole Caulfield riding shotgun to Suzuki and Toffoli, who just somehow some way produces points every single year who could be on this list himself because he never gets the recognition he's due whether it was in LA whether it was in Vancouver whether it was in Montreal the guy just puts up points and no one even notices like he a little bit but he he's a very 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 good forward i don't know why he doesn't get the recognition he deserves but back to caulfield i think he's going to finish the year in top 10 in scoring and forwards i really maybe top 15 he's going to have a very solid year Goals points What's that? Goals or points. 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 I I think he's going to have a very good season, Tim. He's going to have a lot of opportunities in Montreal. They're very deep. Who do you shut down in Montreal? Is it their first line? Is it their second line? With Dvorak, Anderson, and Drouin, they have a solid third line. I like Montreal's lineup. They're going to get a lot of goals. They're going to get a lot of opportunities. And I just think Caulfield is going to be the guy who, at the end of the day, is going to be leading that team in points. That's I don't know. Cole Caulfield. And I just, for some reason, I'm thinking of cauliflower. And I want to get some cauliflower, but I don't know how to get some cauliflower. You know what I'm going to do, Tim? What? DoorDash. Ding dong. DoorDash is at your door. Because I just ordered cauliflower from the grocery store and DoorDash sent it to me. Can you believe you can do that with DoorDash?
1: You must be pretty hungry, John.
0: For cauliflower. Have you ever had cauliflower in a little ranch? It's delicious. Yeah. It's one of my favorite appetizers. It's a very, nobody thinks about it. Put out a vegetable platter. Put some cauliflower on there. The cauliflower is going to go like that. People love it. I love it. I love DoorDash. So go to DoorDash.com. Use the app. If you're in the USA, enter promo code GLOVESDDUSA. If you're in O Canada, my Canada, enter promo code GLOVESDD. Get yourself 25% off your first order. You get free delivery all if you enter our promo code, you just heard what they are. I'm not going to say them again. Gloves DD if you're in Canada. Add USA if you're in the USA. I lied. I did say it again. But DoorDash is a good company. They'll get you your food. They'll get it fast, and they'll get your order correct. So go to DoorDash, everybody, and get your belly some food. Who do you got, Tim?
1: All right. So the next one is Patrick Line being drafted 130. So I I found a crazy stat on him. How He's played for five seasons in the NHL already, Right. Yeah, he's, he's younger than two out of the three Calder nominees from this year.
0: That's wild stuff,
1: isn't that insane? Like, well, he's Kaprizov
0: still, is he, twenty-four.
1: He, yeah, Nedokovic is whatever, however you say it is twenty-five.
0: Those those guys who come over, the the Calder Trophy has become a little bit of a farce in that regard, where guys who have played pro for four years come over and all of a sudden they're eligible for a Calder trophy. I don't care. Like playing professional is playing professional. You're still playing against men. You're you're crafting your game. Yes, you're coming to the NHL, which is the best game in the world. But there you should have, I don't I, there should be an age limit on the Calder trophy. You know what I mean? I, I don't think that's right. Even I don't know. That's that's a whole other show for another <laughs> yeah, time.
1: But but this isn't about them, it's about Patrick line. Who my point is he's still so young, he's 23 years old. Like he just signed a one-year deal, which kind of surprised me. He's apparently he wanted to stay in Columbus saw some things there and he's betting on himself, which when a guy does that is usually a pretty good bet. They're going to have a good year. I mean, his ceiling, honestly, his ceiling, his potential, he could be the lead, league lead, league leader in goals. Um, Probably not realistic. I I would probably put him in for 30 goals would be a good bet for him, but um, he's not being drafted like it. I would take him ahead of Brian rust. I would take him ahead of Nick Robertson, I would even take him ahead of Jonathan Marshall. So I think he's going to have a good season. He is not one of those guys too, like the others. I've mentioned eligible, both left wing and right wing, Patrick line. Why not? The potential, the goal scoring potential is just so super high. So I'm I'm targeting him for sure.
0: The guy who gambled with their contract last year, Mike Kaufman, he got a decent deal this year with Montreal four and a half. I know he was looking for the six, six and a half when he was coming out of Florida, but, you know, he did okay. His gamble kind of worked. He got a three-year deal with Montreal. So, I, I think you're right. Laine has a lot to prove. The only thing that holds him back is Tortorella. Like, when is the last time Columbus had a legit player who you want to draft based on their offensive stats? Like Rick Nash. They, you don't see many guys lighting a lamp a lot at of Columbus enough. just because – because Tortorella, he likes to play 2-1 games. He's not going to you know, light the lamp and let the horses out of the barn and let them run. But, no, you know, line is that guy who can light the lamp. If, if he goes back to when he started, he was scoring goals like it was his job because it is a job. It's funny you you talk about Line, because I'm going to go the guy he got traded for this year, Pierre-Luc Dubois, a centerman. He could be your third centerman on your team. He's going average draft position 170. 170 for a guy who not two years ago was a first-rounder, maybe a second-rounder. He obviously sucked last year. He he dumped the bed when he went to Winnipeg. His points weren't there. He did do some interviews this this, uh, preseason. He said he had a lot of complications with COVID where it affected his training. It affected his lungs. He wasn't the same player as he was, so he's had some time to work through those kinks, and he's coming back. He's 100%. He's had another year to develop with Winnipeg, and I saw a picture of him, Tim. He looks starving. He's famished. He's so hungry. It's insane. I just like Pierre-Luc Dubois. He's a responsible player. He showed what he can do in Columbus on a team, like I just said, that really values defense and responsible. And he still put up points in Columbus. So I like him. He's still young. He's going to be playing on their second line. So he's not going to have to battle the first line, shut down forwards on a night in night out basis. He gets to play with Nicholas Ehlers and cop. who are really, really good on the front end. Like Ehlers can wheel. I had Ehlers on my team last year. He was an absolute stud. He's a wagon. he, He's a stallion. I, any other stupid adjectives Tim uses, but I like Pierre Luc Dubois. Especially, you can plug him in. He's not going to be your first or second line center, but you get him for your third line centerman. He's going to be a steal. He, he's a good player. He's going to get you some points. Pierre Luc Dubois fills that centerman role, and you get him at such a cheap price. So I don't know if if I have a chance to get him in fan tracks for like eleven dollars, twelve dollars, he's going to be on my lineup. You better you you absolutely believe that. I would rather have a high end. Winger because I know Dubois is going to put up 60 points this year. And I like that. It's a very, very simple 60 points where you can get for a really cheap value, Tim. Don't you think?
1: It is. I mean, he'll be a player to watch. I have a few centers he on is. my list too. You have
0: him on your list? No,
1: I have a few centers on my list as, as well.
0: Ooh, the thing with centerman, you need a guy who's got flex value, center left wing, center right wing, center D-man, center goalie. You need him to be able to fill a few different slots. Just being a centerman, you got to be an elite guy like a McDavid like a Scheifele, those like top-end centermen. Go ahead, Tim.
1: So the next guy is a, a center-slash-left wing in Tomas mm-hmm. Hurdle. Um, he's being drafted 130 overall. He's entering a contract season as well. He's kind of been inconsistent in the past few years. I was a little, a little surprised, actually, um, where he's putting up a pace. And I know it's a shortened season, but like a 50-point pace, 70-point pace, 60-point pace. But he's only a few seasons removed from a 35-goal, 74-point 74 74 point campaign. So he's got a high floor. He's paying. He's playing for his money. He's not going to hurt your team. Like even if he doesn't have a big season, I think you can count on him for 60 or so points and maybe 25 goals, and he could potential to do more. And I would take him way ahead of guys like Nate Josh out of Carolina, Braden Shen, even Sam Bennett. I think he's going to be that good this year. And like we talked about last episode, he's a good chance he gets traded. Um, so you know it depends on when he gets when this deal gets done. But you know his contract. If he doesn't sign, then. I think he's in line for a big season because he 's playing for he 's twenty eight years old like this he 's playing for the big contract the one that 's going to you know the biggest one he 'll make so yeah thomas Hurdle is is on my list for sure
0: yeah he 's going to be good, and I like guys who are in their contract year, like you said, they have something to prove they 're playing for the big bucks. I also like guys who are new faces in new places, guys who are going to a new situation just to kind of show up their old team, especially if they're playing them in the same division like this player is. He's moving to Vancouver. He was in Arizona. No, no, no. I'm not talking about Oliver ekman Larson. although he would be a good pick. His preseason game the other night was pretty good. He got a couple of points, a couple plays. Like it, was, it was a good debut for Oliver ekman Larson. I'm going with Connor Darland. You know, he was a very good player in Arizona. He fell out of favor for whatever reason. I think he was too good for Arizona. We, we talked to Andrew Ladd. He said they don't like good players in Arizona. That's why I'm going there. Just kidding, Andrew. Jokes. I'm, I'm just kidding. Arizona's going to do great this year. But all kidding aside, Connor Garland's going to have a great year. His Andrew, average draft position, his ADP is 175, 180, around that range. So you're going to get good value from him. The guy gets to play with JT Miller and Vasily pod Podkosvin, Podkosvin, who if you don't know him, He's an absolute dynamo with the puck. He just doesn't. He just hounds the puck. He's got a laser of a shot. Oh, and get this. Maybe sometimes he gets to play with Pedersen and Brock Besser if Nils Hoglander doesn't work out. So the upside for him is to play on Vancouver's top line. If Pedersen ever gets signed and a Brock Besser, who you give him the puck in the offensive zone, you know what's going to tickle some twine, Tim. Like, I don't know what the downside is there. He's doing very well in camp from what I've heard. Vancouver has quietly amassed a very, very, very good team. Their power play is going to be fantastic. They got Quinn Hughes, Ekman Larsman, they got Tyler Myers. They got guys who can move the puck up to the forwards. Connor Garland's going to get up and down the ice if he is playing with JT Miller. JT Miller, like we said last episode, I think he's a sneaky, solid player. He just is a really, really good player. So I like Connor Garland. Pick him up, put him on your left wing. He is right-wing eligible, I believe, too. And he's just a really good player. You can slot him in. He's going to get you a point. Every, two out of the three games, he's going to get you a point. So, I don't know. And his upside is there. I like guys with big upsides. And if Hoglander doesn't really have a good start, you put him with Pedersen and Besser, that's a very intimidating first line. And he's going to get some power play time. Connor Garland, I'm telling you what, Pick him up on your team. You will not be sorry.
1: Uh, yeah. So, John, when you think of, like, young prospects, and you who are entering their third season. What are some of the things you're looking at? If you're looking at their route, their stats to see if they're going to have another big year or another, another step forward, maybe.
0: Well, you, you, like to look for progression from the first to second year. You like to look at who their line mates are. Maybe if they get some power play time, you, you, you like to see some production if they're in the playoffs, if they get some you know time on the ice in the playoffs to grow, to grow their game. So you just want, you like to see that progression from the first to second year, mainly.
1: So yeah, and that's what we, that's exactly what we saw with Jack Hughes, former first overall pick. So in projecting over an 82 game season, rookie year he had 28 points, second year he had 45 points, pretty good jump. So I think it's safe to say that he's going to at least the 50 point floor this season, especially considering the growth that he's had and the, the addition of Dougie Hamilton. This young group is getting bigger. The, the power play is going to be good, like you saw that with Dougie. He's also one of those guys. If you look at the advanced stats and the, the chances that he creates. He was, like, top 10 in, like, passes to teammates in the slot, um, which is, like, obviously where most goals get scored. But the Devils were, like, the worst team in the league from scoring from that area, a.k.a. once his teammate starts finishing what he's, like, starting in the plays that he's creating, the assists are going to come in bunches. And I think you're going to see that maybe – you know, I'm not saying they're going to, you know, score in bunches this year, but you're going to see a big step forward from this group and Jack Hughes especially. I think you can draft him as your third center. You can also play him in the left wing. I would say 15 to 20 goals, 50 points is what you can expect as the floor, high ceiling. Obviously, first overall pick, the pedigree is there. You could see a uh, a Nathan McKinnon like massive jump forward out of nowhere that um that certain players do. But even if you don't, it's more exciting watching him do that than some and you can always drop him if he doesn't work out. But I would take a risk on him over Ryan Strom or or Jamie Ben or, or or uh Shen even. So I would I would definitely target him. He's being drafted 143. If he's your third center or is, like, one of the last forwards that you pick, you can you can do worse, and the upside is there. So, Jack Hughes is someone I'm looking at.
0: And he's playing with two guys who I have no idea what their names are, and, and it's a first line for the New Jersey Devils. I'm, I'm on their roster now on Daily Faceoff, and boy, oh, boy, I don't know half their team. The Devils are so young. The first line projections for the Devils are Yanni Kukanen. And Yegor Sharon Govich. Am I just so out of touch that I don't know the New Jersey, De- new Jersey Devils whatsoever? Yeah, it's you don't know Sharon Govich? Come on. I don't. Like, I know their second line, Tatar Hershire, and Jesper, Jesper Bratt. I don't know. I, I got to pay more attention to the Devils. They did make some good moves this year. They're one and two defensemen are brand new, Graves and Hamilton. So they will be better. My boy P.K. Subban still kicking around there. All right. I got a couple more. They're not very sexy. They're not very exciting. Again, new f- new face, new place. I I like that combination. I like that recipe. We mentioned Sebastian Aho. He got jettisoned off to Carolina. We touched on that. The guy who's going to take his spot, Christian Dvorak. He just got his his debut with Montreal. Oh, a ho hum. Four points for his first game versus Toronto the other night. You mean? Very.
1: Kokoniemi is the one who was shipped away.
0: No, that's right. Not Aho. Aho is already on. I said that earlier too, right? I don't know. I did. That's my bad. I'm just having an all. I need a cup of coffee. Christian <laughs> Dvorak is filling Sebastian Arak's cookie C- 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 United <laughs> spot in Montreal. He's going to be playing on the second line, much like Pierre Luc Dubois. He's not going to draw the first line checking line from the other team. He's going to be playing with Jonathan Drewan, who I think will have something to prove. Obviously he's got some stuff figured out. His anxiety has gone. He's hopefully getting a good night's sleep. And he's playing with Josh Anderson, who is an absolute mule out there. Who gets up and down the ice, can get in the corner, get the puck in front of the net, get it to the guy who's going to make the plays. And that would be a Jonathan Joran and Christian Dvorak's going to be finishing, finishing the goals off. It is a very effective line in my, my eyes. And they're going to do some damage. I like Montreal this year. If I'm drafting a fantasy team, I am going after a lot of Montreal playings. I'm going after Toffoli. I'm going after Suzuki, Caulfield, Dvorak, Durant. Maybe not Durant. These guys, I like this team for whatever reason. I think they're really going to excel this year. I like what Bergevin has done. And Christian Dvorak coming over to take the place of Nemi. He is a much better player than Kakinemi right now. Maybe Nemi has a higher upside offensively, but right now as it stands today, you can plug Dvorak in. You know he's going to get some second you know, unit power play time. He's going to play with Duran and Anderson, like I said, who are very, very high-end offensive talents. And he's going to get you 50, 60 points, and you're going to get him cheap. His average draft position is almost 175. So all these guys that I'm listing up now – At the year's end, they will be in the top 30, 35 points for all players, and you can get them at a value that's going to put them at a 50, 60-point level in the whole league. So get yourself a Connor Garland, get yourself a Christian Dvorak. Those guys are the picks who are going to win you this league. Obviously, you're not going to get them in your first five, six rounds. Those are going to be your, your core of your team, but if you can pick up a Dubois, you can pick up a Garland, you can pick up a Dvorak, those guys you get in the six to eight to nine rounds, those are the guys who are going to win your league most likely. I got one I more, more guys my,
1: and the first one is actually being drafted right where Dvorak is. It's Kirby doc being drafted one sixty six. Um, so far it looks like he's getting reps with Patrick Kane. He's going to get a shot at playing the first line center on this team that I think is going to be a lot better than last year, both on the even strength and the power play with Seth Jones. And obviously they have a, a goal. He's going to keep the puck out of their net. So um, in last season, he had 10 points in 18 games played before the injury, which is pretty solid, but he wasn't even playing on the first line, man, which he is going to be this year. I would take a chance on him as your third-line center because I think he could be in for a breakout season. He's obviously super strong. I know, John, you're a big fan of him. I would take him ahead of Kokaniemi, of Jack Roslovic, and Christian Dvorak even, who would be in draft ahead of this guy. I would take Kirby Dock uh, over all of them. So I think he's going to have a good year.
0: I would take Doc over Dvorak too. I like Kirby Doc, especially if you get to play with Patrick Kane. I've played with Patrick Kane. Not a lot of people on this podcast can say that, but I can. And I've been on his line. Not a lot of guys in the world can say that, but I, I can. And he told me, John, I'm going to put the puck on your stick and you're going to score. And he didn't do it, but he tried. You know what I mean? And that's all you can say. You can try, but I think he's improved and Kirby Doc is a lot better than I am. So I like those two. If Kirby can get on Patrick Kane's line, <laughs> guy's going to get a hundred points. I'm telling you what, this is Kirby Doc, friend of the show. He's a potential superstar in the making. He's got the size. He's got the look. We just got to get his play up to par, and he he does have that. He obviously had the wrist surgery that's behind him. Kirby Doc, I like that pick, Tim. My last one is a guy who I raved about last year. I drooled about him. The defensive position is very finicky. There's not a lot of D men who put up a lot of points. There's not a lot of D men who get hits, who are you know get plus minus a high plus minus, who kind of can fill every single box on the score sheet. What are you shaking your head at, Tim?
1: Jake Gardner's out for the year, John. You can't pick him. He's, he's not
0: playing. No, <laughs> oh, oh, uh, okay. Well, you should probably go. No, I'm <laughs> no, this guy who I'm about to say he gets to play with the two best players in the world. Sometimes he gets some power play time, potentially not always. His partner does, Tyson Berry. But Darnell Nurse, at one point last season, he was the best defenseman in the NHL. He had the most five on five points in the NHL. I had a point last year. You know, he didn't finish off that way, but he's a heck of a heck of a player. And if you get to play, like I said, with a dry and and a Nugent Hopkins and a, and a McDavid and a team that's arguably, I had a good podcast last night with the guys over at Edmonton. I was ripping Edmonton, but what they do, they score points. They score a lot of goals and you know, they're going to get a lot of points when you have those two first lines with the McDavid, Polviari, Yamamoto, Hyman, those guys. They're, you know, three and four lines, not so strong, but boy, oh boy, if you compare nurse and Barry, give the puck to those forwards and you're going to get a point. I would say every game and he's going to have a good plus minus. He's going to give you a fight every now and then to get the PIMS up. He he checks every box on that box score. He's going to you know, fill every single lane, which is very rare for a defenseman. So I'm taking Darnell Nurse. He's average draft position of 70, which is roughly top 10 in defensemen. So get him. He's going to much like, who did I say earlier for a defenseman? I can't remember who it was. D- 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 D'Angelo. <laughs> D'Angelo. In, in the later rounds, you're going to be thanking me later because those two guys at the end of the season, I'm telling you what, D'Angelo's going to have a lot of points. Nurse is going to have a lot of everything. And they're going to win your league. I had Nurse last year on my team, and I wanted to trade him, but I couldn't. I had him and Barry. I traded Barry because I thought Nurse was more valuable. He does more for me in the long run in every single category where you get points from. And, yeah, it's all good to have a ton of goals, but you got to have assists. You got to have pluses. You got to have penalty minutes. You got to have shots. You got to have this and that. Hits. And Nurse does everything. So get Darnell Nurse. And he'll win you your league. He won me my league last year. So Daryl Nurse is my last one, Tim. What do you got? Who are you going to wrap us up with?
1: I got one more pick, and this is a deep pick. The deepest by far is Jacob Varana, who in Detroit is being drafted 170th overall. The caveat here is that he's injured. So he just got hurt during training camp last week. And TBD, how much time he's going to miss? Hopefully not too much. But if he's healthy, he can be one of these steals of a draft. But he probably won't be drafted in most in most leagues. And if you're at the end of the draft, you need some help on left wing and just kind of scouring the bottom of the barrel there. Jacob Brown is kind of like a uh, – what's the term? He's a diamond in the rough. Um, he's kind of hiding in plain sight there. But he had eight goals in 11 games after being traded for the Red Wings last season. So he was traded at the deadline for Anthony Manta. Final games, 11 down the stretch, he had eight goals in that, which is outscored everyone during that time and goals anyway. So it, this group is only going to get better. The potential upside is there. I'm not saying Jake Brown is a, a lock to – you know, get any numbers or anything like that. He's obviously not going to score at that pace for the whole season, but mm-hmm. the upside is there. He, we've seen him have flashes of talent before. And I think if he can kind of, he probably won't be in that top line. The top line most likely is Bertuzzi and, and Zadina, but Verana, I think is going to get some power play points. I think he's a solid pick and he's being drafted ahead of guys. Like uh, there are 20, 30 left wingers alone that are being drafted ahead of him that I would just skip over, you know, at the end of your draft, get your other position and, and take Verana with the last pick.
0: I got one more just just to kind of throw out there. Matt Zuccarello, he's being drafted 250 range. I, mean, I don't want to one-up you, Tim, but Matt Zuccarello going to be playing on the first line of Karel Caprizov's back. They got Ekman, Larson, whatever his name is, Joel er- Erickson-Eck. It's going to be a good first line in Minnesota. They're going to get all the power play time. We saw what they did last year in the playoffs. Get Matt Zuccarello. I think he's going to very good affect the forward. He's going to put up some good points. He's he's an offensive juggernaut. Every team he goes to, he produces. So get yourself some Matt Zuccarello. If you can be your last pick of the draft, Like, what more do you want from a He's a centerman. He's a right winger. He's a good little player. So anyways, Zuccarello, that's my last one, Tim.
1: So basically, if you just follow all these picks, you're going to win your fantasy league, right?
0: Well, you know, pick and choose a couple picks that we had. Obviously, if you get first or second pick, you're going to take a Edmonton guy and get yourself a goalie. We didn't really see any high end goaltenders because all in all, the goaltenders are going to be drafted where they're supposed to be drafted. You know, you there's a lot of sleepers out there. We we mentioned line A. There's the Sam Reinhardt from Florida is not being drafted very high. A guy like Jonathan Tapes, take a flyer on him. Who knows how he's going to have the Timo Meyer from San Jose. I had Drake Batherson last year from Ottawa. He really just – he scored goals last year. That's what he did. He came in and he just buried a bunch. I was super happy with him. Pavel Buchnevich in St. Louis, he, he could have a strong year. So, I don't know, on defense, Erasmus Dahlin for Buffalo. He, he is slowly progressing. Obviously, he's got a new coach. Donato is supposed to take the handcuffs off him, let him go, more so than Ralph Kruger did. So, we'll see how that pans out. There's just a lot of guys who who there's a lot of question marks around them, and you can take a flyer on someone. As Samuel Girard in Colorado, Ryan Graves is gone. He's going to get a lot more ice time. So Girard, who knows? Maybe he takes that next step into the level where he's, He's he's flourishing on the goaltending end. There's a lot of good goaltenders. Um, Sergei Bobrovsky in Florida. Does he take the net back from from uh, Dreger's gone? He's in Seattle, so he's going to have the net in Florida. Who knows how that works out? Dobin Pavel, Franckur, Grubauer is gone in Colorado. I know they picked up uh, Darcy Kempfer, but who knows how that Colorado net shakes out? So there's there's a lot of interesting situation. Cal Peterson, he's the number one guy in LA right now. Jonathan Quick's going to be the backup, presumably. So you know, we're just giving you some tips. Take them, use them if you want to, if not, whatever. But these guys will have good seasons. And I think we've given you a good kind of framework of how to, you know, win your fantasy team, draft centermen, get some good defensemen, get a decent goaltender, and then away we go. Right, Tim? Then win your fantasy league. Well, in, in my case, I'll win my fantasy league. In your case, you'll you'll pretend that you won and say it was a got bad beats. All my guys got injured.
1: Yeah, Jack Eichel didn't play a game. So, yeah, you could say that.
0: Is did you draft him last year? Yeah. <laughs> was my Where do you, first round do you pick. pick a Jack Eichel? Does he get drafted in your in your draft?
1: Mm, at the end of a draft, like round twelve. What if loss. it's
0: what if it's a keeper league? Do you take Jack Eichel in the third, fourth round? No. No, not even for futures. If you get him in the fourth round, you can take him, carry him over.
1: I don't know. There's still there's still good players in that in that range, you know what I mean? That are that you know what you're gonna get from. I don't know. I don't know. I that, that stuff dresses me out. I can't I can't speculate on that.
0: I would take a flyer on Jack in the fifth round, knowing I, I could just stash him and he'd be my fifth rounder next year and I got two first rounders, one in the fifth and one in the first. So that's just me. I, I like to win championships, Tim, much like the Edmonton Oilers, just like you know, you like to show up and you like to maybe make the playoffs, just like the Oilers. Anyways, go to fan tracks. Dot com forward slash DTG. You're going to get our information. You're going to get much, much more. They are way more smarter than we are. They do it for a living. They've researched the best ways to have a fantasy league. They know exactly what they're doing. They are the best in the business. That's why we paired up with them. We don't pair up with companies who are garbage. We pick the best of the best. Frantrax, DoorDash, et cetera. So go to Fantrax.com forward slash DTG. You're going to have a great fantasy experience. You're going to love the season. You're going to get to play all kinds of fantasy games. Still don't know what best ball league means. Got to figure that out, but I will eventually. I'll be on Fantrax for the rest of my life, and so should you. So go to Fantrax.com, fantracks.com forward slash DTG. Tell them we sent you. You get a chance to win a Nathan McKinnon jersey, signed professional jersey, and you will have a lot, a lot of fun. And it's Fantrax, F-A-N-T-R-A-X, not Tracks, T-R-A-C-K-S. It's a very cool way of spelling Fantrax. So Fantrax.com forward slash D-T-G. Isn't that cool, Tim, how they spell it's it so way? cool.
1: It's so cool. It's backwards that cool.
0: It's very, very hip. Too hip for me, that's for sure. All right, we got Rob Ray tomorrow. Or Friday, excuse me. That'll be exciting. Old Razor. I uh, separated his shoulder in a, in a charity game a few years back. We'll talk about that. He was not happy. We went for a puck. And I thought he was going to lean into me because he was talking smack to me. And I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll give you a little pushback. And uh, he didn't lean into me, and I buried him. Absolutely like crumpled him into the boards, and I hear, oh, and he's down. And you know, I messed up his shoulder. It felt so bad. And it was right after I was coming off of uh, playing pro, so I was still in peak shape. <laughs> I felt terrible. Oh. Rob Ray, like, the guy's legend in the NHL. Like he, they, they made up a rule for him because he used to just get undressed every single fight. So they they put the fighting strap in. They implemented the rule. If you, if your fighting strap comes off, you get a game or a misconduct or something. That's because of Rob, Way, Rob Ray. If you guys don't know, go to hockeyfights.com, who is our you know partner in crime, hockeyfights.com. Type in Rob Ray. Very easy name to type in. Six letters total. You will watch a man do a strip tease as fast as you've ever seen a man do a strip tease before. Literally... Gloves come off, jersey, shoulder pads, elbow pads are off in a matter of 10 seconds. His move was the other guy would grab his jersey and he would immediately pull away. He would let go of their stuff and he would pull away and his whole top shell would come off. So I want to talk to him about that. If that was on purpose, obviously it was, but if he like made his equipment and his jersey, all that stuff, so it could just be slipped off because what an advantage if you're fighting a guy and he doesn't have anything to grab onto. It's just like it's a very huge advantage that he would have versus some of the toughest of the tough. Rob Ray was not tall, but he was thick. So I want to know what it was like. He fought the who's who of guys back in the day, the Domies, the Proberts, the Brashears, everybody. And he did pretty stinking good. So we'll have him on on Friday. That'll be an interesting conversation. Anything else, Tim? No, can't wait. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. We really appreciate it. Thank you for your support. And we will see you guys later this week. Cheers, everybody.